The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kuci.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, today our show is about keeping us safe from terrorism, and we have have a wonderful guest that we've had on before. We've read his books. He is just outstanding. He's coming to us from New York City, and let me tell you about this wonderful, brilliant man that we've had on before, Juval Aviv. He holds an MA in business from Tel Aviv University, and he is president and CEO of Interfor Inc., which is an international corporate intelligence and investigations firm and they founded this organization in 1979 and the company works with u.s and foreign law firms leading financial institutions multinational corporations insurers and even the governmental agencies and they conduct investigations throughout the world their services encompass white collar crime investigations asset search and recovery corporate due diligence, litigation support, fraud investigations, internal compliance investigations, and security and vulnerability assessments. And Interfer is highly regarded for its investigation services in cases where there have been assets that have been fraudulently acquired and hidden offshore. Since its inception, Interfer Asset investigation services have recovered over $10 billion worldwide for its clients. And you can find out more about Juval Aviv at our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Also at their own website at Interfor Inc. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-I-N-C dot com. Thank you so much for joining us again, Juval. You're wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm really enjoying the show. Yes, it's great to have you back. So we've we've read your books. Now let's find out a little bit about what's going on. We've we've seen all sorts of terrorism attacks. We've even had them in California and San Bernardino. We've seen them recently in Turkey. I mean, it's just happening all over. How safe are we in America? You know, we have. Uh, we have talked about it uh, uh, on the last show, 
and I have predicted then, and unfortunately I was right, that terrorism is only going to grow this summer uh, because of several factors. Number one, uh, we have some very big international events uh, like the Olympics in Brazil next month. We have um, soccer teams uh, who are playing in Europe and the American Cup that draw tens and tens of thousands of uh, spectators and, and people into um, closed arenas. That is really um, a tease for terrorism. Hmm. Um, it, it has become an issue of how do we protect ourselves and still keep ourselves um, free to travel and enjoy life. And what we are now finding out that it's not only an organized terrorism that we have to worry about that is really sponsored by terrorist networks, directed by them, uh, planned by them, but there are also individuals who are now taking matters to their hands and are very unpredictable and causing a lot of uh, harm in in uh, areas that are condensed with with people. Yeah. And the problem is really how do we defend ourselves? How do we we are not we do not want to stay home and live in a bunker and uh, hope that that will protect us. We want to continue our day-to-day life. We want to pursue uh, everything that we have planned. But at the same time, we must take precaution. We must plan. And I think that the key element of, of, of survival and, and, and the key element of successfully um, surviving such an event is planning in advance. Whether you take your family um, to a vacation abroad this year, you need to plan. Whether you're going to attend the Olympics in Brazil, you must plan your trip. And what do I mean by planning? Number one, you're starting with medical issues. Right. You need to go back to your uh, medical supplier, the, 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 your doctor, and make sure that you are your, your immunization is up to date. Yeah. We're traveling to countries that have issues like the Izika in Brazil and some other um, um, disasters in, in, in uh, Europe and Africa, uh, medical disasters that you need to be prepared. So immunization is the number one key that most people don't uh, prepare for or don't think about before they travel. Right. The second part of uh, preparing is what destination, where do I fly to, where do I stay, what hotel chains do I use, what transportation do I take, and how much do I join large, loud and, 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 and large crowds in countries that I'm not familiar with. Right. That is really what attracts terrorists. Uh, terrorists mm-hmm. are not going to waste a bomb or an attack on few people. Right. They're looking for a, a, a large group of people to cause as much harm as they can. And when I say planning, there is so much information that comes from the State Department that is available on the Internet of 
where do I have to be worried about traveling to in the next few months? And I would clearly listen to the experts, and I would follow up um, directions of where to stay away from this summer. It may may really not be part of what you have planned, but um, security and safety comes first to you and your family. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like staying, like I have a retreat that I'm planning, you know, in October with a bunch of people, and luckily we're going to be staying at a private villa, which sounds like a lot better than staying at a big Marriott or something. I agree. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I didn't even think about that until you just said that. That makes so much more sense. And probably flying out of Orange County Airport rather than out of, which is a small airport, instead of San Diego airport which is inter- international or um, yes. Los Angeles or, or New York or something right smaller airports the bigger the area the, the 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 bigger the airport the most the more vulnerable the airport is hmm. uh, again a terrorist is not going to waste um, an attack on a very small uh, airport doesn't have to be very small, but a smaller airport than the uh, LAX or San Diego or San Francisco. They're clearly more of a target, um, and we need to be aware of it, as well as JFK in New York and, and um, some other big uh, airports. Um, I highly recommend that you, when you plan your travel and you have your destination and you have the time and travel, take time and get to the airport much earlier than you used to. Mm-hmm. Don't come in the last moment where there's a lot of people uh, lining up at check-in uh, counters. Come in much earlier. Get as quick as possible through the check-in and go into the airport into a safer environment because um, you don't want to be caught in a very large airport during rush hour, where the lines at the counters are huge, and it's it's uh, it's a target. Right, right. So that is a, a very important part of it. Now, Juval, and the one you know, as I read in the paper about the one recently in um, in Turkey, they had security before you even get like to the gates, like right gonna, when you get. I'm going to discuss it. Oh, good. Great yes. minds run along the same path. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Some of the most secure airports in the world um, have developed uh, a, a security operation that mm-hmm. is similar to the one in Tel Aviv, in Lod Airport in Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel is really the pioneer right. of airport and airline security. We have tested, we had the experience, we have tested a lot of those programs. And one of the things that we have developed in Israel that has been copied in Istanbul, Mm -hmm. unfortunately it didn't work in Istanbul, um, but but, uh, it should work in those countries that has it. North America doesn't have that system. Mm -hmm. Most of the European airports yet don't have that system. The system system consists of rings of security around the airport. When you come in, uh, you drive your car, you uh, come by a cab, 
the first ring is outside of the airport, right? away from the building, way, way away from the building, where you've been stopped shortly and you've been examined. They're checking you out, they're looking at who you are, what papers do you have, and may or may not open your trunk and look at your suitcase. Right. And that deters a lot of terrorists because they don't know whether they can even pass that outer ring. Right. Then you have a second ring of undercover policemen and security people at the airport itself, outside, when you arrive, finally you arrived at the terminal, and you stop and you're getting out of the cab or out of your car with your suitcase, they're watching undercover security people, watching the people, how they get out of the car, what do they do, who do they say goodbye to, uh, who, who brought them to the airport if somebody's uh, bringing you to the airport. And you have another inspection outside of the terminal itself. Right. Then you get into the terminal, and even then, besides the normal security check, you also have undercover people that mingle among the people who are lining up at the checking counters and observing people, how nervous they are. And it's a body language that you, when you're about to do something very bad, you have a certain body language mm-hmm. that experts can detect. Right. And only then you go through security. And then, of course, you have the other last moment security just before you check in to the aircraft itself, when you board the aircraft, and some airlines, uh, especially El Al, on top of all of it, has uh, sky marshals on every flight. No Israeli flight, no El Al flight will ever take off anywhere around the world without the sky, sky marshal. marshals on board. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of expense. I mean, it's a big expense. Right. It's, a, it's a big operation. But that speaks for itself of the commitment of the government behind it, and also uh, it's effective. So in Istanbul, we had those rings of Uh security, and indeed they triggered the terrorists, as we know now, didn't pass, or only clearly just passed the outer ring, were detected, and then they got nervous, they started opening fire, and then... They ran into, one of them ran into a terminal, and then they exploded themselves. Right. But they didn't really reach the main terminal where a lot of the people were standing uh, at the um, ticket counters or checking in. Thank God they didn't uh, use the explosive in that area. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a big operation. Um, the Turkish airline um, and has a great security the uh, copied from El Al. The um, uh, terminal is is very secure, but it's so big, it's so much of 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 traffic, right? That it's it's you know it's, it's overwhelming for these people to it's see. Almost yeah, impossible yeah. to a hundred percent seal uh, the airport. Right. What about um, bomb smoke? Uh, bomb-smelling dogs. What do you, you think know, about that? Absolutely. Um, dogs have been very effective, but again, 
it's a big, big undertaking mm. to train those dogs, to bring them in, to maintain those dogs, to make them walk through the airport. And most airports are um, worried about there's a lot of lot of people, a lot of passengers who are very afraid of dogs, mm-hmm. and and uh, it gives them really the chills when a dog passes by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see it when some of those uh, agriculture dogs who are smelling for fruit, illegal fruit that are right. being um, transported. People really, or drugs. really, yeah, or drugs, or, or drugs. <laughs> yeah. uh, people really get afraid. Uh, some people are um, almost have hysterical when a mm. dog, a big dog, passes by. So um, it's a question again: What do we do? Do we use more um, humans, um, and and which is expensive again, yeah. or do we use dogs? Um, it's it's a balance that has to be really um, checked, and and and, and um, there's no good answer for it. Yeah, but I'm telling you, these bomb sniffing dogs—I've seen them in action here as uh, I'm a sheriff. Oh, they're unbelievable. They are—I mean, their noses can tell things like right away, you know, any kind. Of, and so it would seem just, you know, having in the outer perimeter, if you've got like a, a golden retriever isn't as scary as like a, a German shepherd, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they have big, good noses. So that's what Absolutely. I was thinking, just, you know, having more of those around outside in that perimeter. It just seems like if you're going to have people waiting outside to get in, that's a great place for a car to come up and just blow up, which which is what happened in, in Turkey as well. One yeah. of the cars blew yeah. up, right? Yes, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how ter- terrorists have picked up um, through the years and have advanced themselves. There's no doubt that the ones that carried out the attack in um, in Brussels or in Paris, right. and now um, recently in Istanbul, were trained especially for those types of attacks. Mm. They first move in and use their machine guns to really kill as many people as they can, and the bomb that they carry on them is the last resort. When they are ready, either the, when they are hit themselves and they're about to, um, they think they're going to die. So the last resort is they push a button and they explode themselves right. and, 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 and kill as many as they can around them. Right. So it's a two-stage two attack. The first with a machine gun, killing as many people, and then explode and hoping to kill more people and kill themselves. They don't now want to be caught alive. Right. They would, are trying to kill themselves. Uh, and against people who are willing to kill themselves, there's, not, there's no much you can do. No. There's, there's, it's still a phenomenon that has been studied. How can people just push a button knowing that they're going to kill themselves? Right. right. Um, uh, but unfortunately, there are more and more of those religion religious um, f- fanatics who are willing to to do that. Yeah. I mean, we saw in World War II, we saw the kamikazes, right, that did it. Exactly. And we don't see, you know, we, we see a cultural shift that I don't think would be that common anymore. But, I, you know, how do you deal with something like that? How do you, how do you, 
how do you get them to have some sanctity in, of life? How do you teach them? How do you, you know, do you change the whole system? What do you, it's got to be changed. This is crazy. The, pro- the problem is that we are, we're talking about a region in the Middle East that is um, economically devastated. People have nothing to live for. Right. A lot of them, um, the only thing that is left is their religion. Um, they are becoming more and more fanatic. And then there are those who are masterminding those type of attacks, who are preaching for that type of behavior. Um, and when you mix uh, religion and um, terrorism, um, we see the results. Yeah. Uh, you won't see it in normal countries where at least the economy is safe and, and, and people um, have a hope. Um, and unfortunately, in that whole region of the Middle East, things deteriorate as we speak. Right. And more and more people have lost everything they ever had. Um, no future. Hmm. Um, and that could take someone to do things that normally they wouldn't do. Yeah, totally desperate. Yeah. They're totally desperate. We're speaking today with President and CEO of Interford, Juval Aviv, uh, which is, he is the CEO of Interford, which is an international corporate intelligence and investigations firm. He's an expert on security, and he's talking to us about how we can analyze and stay as safe as possible with these cyber with these uh, various terrorist attacks let's talk a little bit about cyber hacking that seems to be a way that they that they're getting more and more astute about as well what do you think about that you know um i'm glad you asked because i just came back from a trip to the far east um i spent time in china hong kong singapore where Cybersecurity um, is is embedded in in their new trade and and what they do and how they act about. Uh, it's funny to see that when I started uh, my fraud detection, um, fighting fraud uh, worldwide, almost forty years ago, um, the cases that I worked on at those days were in a five to ten million dollar. Uh, the case, and then I said to myself, "Wow, people still steal five, ten million dollars, and a lot of them get away with it." Uh-huh. Ten, fifteen years later, the numbers grew. Uh, all the cases that I worked on were in the hundreds of millions per case. Mm. Mm. In the last, I would say, ten, twelve years, all the big cases that I'm investigating and the fraud that I'm going, frauds that I'm going after, have embezzled billions, Ugh. billions per case. Um, people say to themselves, if, I, um, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal big so I can take a, you know, maybe have a chance to um, survive. The new trend of cybersecurity and the usage of the Internet and into the fraud area mm. has made it now a new phenomena that is almost um, hard to detect. A, um, it's not so easy to find out who's behind it. Right. You right. can be in a little town in China or Pakistan. 
You could be a 15-year-old kid who is savvy on computers, um, who can do a, a cyber attack on corporations, on individuals, on banks, financial institutions, and walk away with millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> and it, it's almost undetectable, almost undetectable. Yeah, yeah. Much more complicated. Right. Uh, people need to understand the Internet was a blessing. I mean, it, it connected us all over the world in many ways, but it's also a curse Yes. Because it introduced a tool to those who want to cause harm. And it's a very sophisticated tool. And as I said, you don't even have to cross borders. You don't have to schlep suitcases full of cash. Right. You don't have to do anything. You can sit in your Kitchen. bathroom <laughs> yeah. with a laptop and cause harm around the world. And you're anonymous. And you're anonymous. Yeah. It's a new world. It is. And I know that there's more and more insurance companies that are providing um, insurance for this because it gets yes. so costly. But, of course, it's very costly to get this insurance now. Exactly. Because exactly. once you have a breach, not only do you have to deal with your own inside stuff, but then you have to disclose the breach and even the cost of disclosure. And if there the is disclosure, absolutely. The disclosure and, of yeah. the breach is really an issue. How many times I've been asked to investigate um, a, put, um, a cybersecurity situation, and when I um, find and, and, and solve the, the issue, um, the company has to make a decision. Do we disclose it? Do that we disclose that we were just hacked. Yeah. And, and they have uh, to by law, you know. They have absolutely. to. Absolutely. By law, they have to. Right. But uh, it's a big, big, big question. And many companies, <clears throat> unfortunately, um, decide to just not disclose it. Right. Because of the circumstances of what it's going to cost, uh, public relation. And their uh, reputation, especially if reputation. they're a financial institution, right? Yes. Yes. It's 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 tough, and then we get to the whole issue, and we've we've got another couple of minutes here, and which could take us all day. I wish I had you all day, but I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> I know you are, but we only have a couple minutes left. But I am a little worried about this whole balance of privacy and security, because here you you want to keep people secure, but then you've got to respect their privacy. You have just a little bit to say about that. Yeah, you know, we're going through that. Um, I'm a consultant to several law enforcement agencies, not only Americans, but uh, international. And there's an issue of how far do we go? Because the tools are available. Mm -hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. The NSA, the CIA, the FBI, they have tools that um, we don't even know um, and maybe don't want to know that could penetrate um, any, any of our privacy, yes. uh, really uh, get information that they would need to, um, uh, to use as a tool um, to help us protect ourselves. Yeah. The question is, again, <clears throat> how far do we go? And how about getting a warrant, you know? Uh, you know? Getting a warrant. It seems do to me we, that's the thing that it doesn't take that long, you know, especially for a FISA court, to get that warrant and just have that little tiny layer of protection so that somebody doesn't abuse it, right? The, my worries are always the abuse. 
Yes. Mm, and there's always abuse everywhere. Yes. Um, it's, it's so easy. It's um, something that, um, you know, you don't have to work hard. Um, if you have the tool, whether it's legal or illegal, sometimes you want to use it. Yep. And that's really the problem that we're facing with the increase of technology and, and availability of tools that clearly are illegal. Yep. Well, we are out of time. Do you believe how quickly that went, Yuval? It's amazing. I know. You I know, are amazing. Well, well, we'll have you back. We'll have you back again soon. So I want to thank, thank you again, and I want to make sure that people go to your website because there's so much there that is so helpful, and that's Interfor Inc. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-I-N-C. Dot com. You're wonderful, Javal. We will have you back again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much, and be safe. Okay, thank you. I got good, good tips from you for my summer travel. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.